This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. The first one in a couple weeks. I hope you guys had a nice, all you Americans that is, had a very nice 4th of July. Uh, I celebrated myself a little bit here. I was in the, you know, I'm in the U.S. right now. I'm on the Warp Tour with so many great bands. It's, it's, I'm making new friends. I'm partying. I'm hanging out. And it really is a great opportunity to talk to a lot of fans of the show. They're coming around saying, Hey Shane, I dig the podcast, which is very nice to hear. I'm also having so many conversations with various band members, and a lot of these I hope to do them officially, put a lot of them as bonus episodes for the All Access Club, but of course there will be episodes every week, uh, every Monday, uh, in this case Monday night, <laughs> I'm a little late this week, but it's okay, and this week specifically we have a band on the Warp Tour, they are killing it. And I gotta say, this has been one of the most requested interviews that I've had. And uh, it's funny because I actually, actually, um, he reached out to me directly through his management and said, hey, I wanna do the show. And I was like, well, that's perfect because I've been meaning to ask you for a little while. So this week, we have Brian Garris of Knocked Loose. If you don't know Knocked Loose, you're probably living under a rock because the hype with this band right now is real. There is no bigger hype band in heavy music. They are killing it every day on the Warp Tour. And what I love about this band so much is they how original they really are. They are raw. They are heavy. They really they really don't give a fuck. And talking to Brian makes it evident that this guy knows about hardcore. This guy knows the history, cares about it, but also just wants to make great music. And speaking with him was definitely all my pleasure. Before we get into that, I want to thank all my sinners worldwide for being a part of the All Access Club. If you're a member, thank you. If you're not a member yet, definitely check it out. The link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash allaccess. Basically, for as little as $6 a month, you get a whole bunch of bonus content, and it really does help us keep the lights on around here, keep this show going week after week. So I won't preach about it this week. Just check it out. Again, the link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Also, news with me. We have a brand new Silver Scene record coming out this Friday. It is called Dead Reflection. We've already released a bunch of songs. I think four songs already. We're selling it at the shows at Warp Tour already. We got the CDs and vinyl, so we're selling it early. So if you are going to a Warped Tour show this week, be sure to stop by our merch tent, say hello, and pick it up. But I'm really proud of this record, and, and you know, it's pretty well documented, I think, um, on this podcast that I've had a bit of a rough year, and this record really was sort of my saving grace. It's a highly personal record for me. It means a lot to me, so be sure to check it out if you have the means, or if you just have Spotify. Give it a listen. On Friday, it will be up. 
Also, as you heard at the beginning of this podcast, I am a part of the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, and there are so many great podcasts you can check out at jabberjawmedia.com. And I want to talk about one specifically this week. I have been a guest of in the past. It's with my good friend, Mike Herrera of MXPX. And make sure to tune in to Mike Herrera's podcast, The Mike Herrera Hour, where he features and interviews writers, entrepreneurs, and mostly musicians. Listen to him live every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on Adobe Radio. You can also catch the My Carrera Hour on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and of course, JabberjawMedia.com. For more information, check out MikeHerrera.net. All right, hey, let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Knock Loose frontman Brian Garris. Hello, Brian. Hello, Shane. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? I'm great, man. We're uh, we're sitting under the in your hang zone. Yeah. Uh, on Warp Tour right now, Charlotte, North Carolina. Bunch of drum cases, a bunch of posters, just a bunch of bullshit, really. Yeah. Don't compare you it to have, your walls. I mean, you guys have a cinder block holding up your tent. What's yeah. going on, man? You guys need a better hang zone. I think that. This is our first tour we've ever done with, like, a wagon or anything. So I think that we're not used to chilling around it. We're always, like, over the there. Venues yeah, stuff. watching. Like, I try to watch as many bands as I can. I'm, like, almost never here. I always walk past your all's hang zone, and it looks like somebody's beautiful back porch. <laughs> That's how we roll. Yeah, it looks so nice over there. And I, there's definitely been some jealousy, and I've thought about it. The other day, we actually did the thing where you put the... The cooler underneath the trailer door so you can prop it up like a porch. We invented that, Brian. Yeah, you, you got all kinds it. of bands. I know. They all copied us. Yeah. But we were the first also to put AstroTurf on our on our uh, trailer door as well. Yeah, that's so brilliant. We are... I know. We're ridiculous. <laughs> and um, that's cool, man. So you're, you uh, managed to walk around Warped Tour all day and just watch bands. Yeah. Even or, in this heat. Or I like, I'll sit at our table a lot with uh, our merch guy because he's like yeah. my best friend. So... I'll just hang out with him or just watch bands. That's sick, man. Who are some of your uh, faves on this tour? Obviously, Haybreed. Yeah, I uh, love Haybreed. I've been trying to catch Haybreed, sick of it all. Um, and then we, a lot of the bands that we got to tour with last year are on this tour, so I, I watch them every day just because they're great friends of ours, like Counterparts, Stick to Your Guns, Acacia Strain. Um, I've caught you all, uh, Hawthorne Heights, I just recently met them, and they're cool. all very nice guys. And so you, um, obviously you're young, younger than me. Uh, how old are you now? I'm 23. I'll be 24 in September. Okay, 23. So, uh, growing up, you know, as a punk rock kid, hardcore kid, whatever, did you go to Warp Tour? Yeah, uh, I think the first time I went to Warp Tour was like 2009. Okay, so not too long ago. Um, and then I went again 2010, and then 2013, I think. And when you were a kid going to Warp Tour, did you was it like a dream of yours to play or anything like that, or was you Honestly, know, at that point were you not really a musician yet, or what was going on? I was a musician, but I never really. I think that just regular touring was my dream, so yeah. I hadn't thought far enough to Warp Tour. But I remember when Knocked Loose started a tour, 
um, people would always tease us like you guys are gonna play Warp Tour one day and they I think they kind of put it in my head as a dream like right. la- last year we went to hang out with some friends of ours that were on the tour and I got to do like a guest vocal part with them and when I got out on stage I was like like I felt really good and I was like so nervous and I was like man I would <laughs> absolutely love to do this so getting the offer was definitely like it was it was an awesome feeling. No, no, that's amazing. It's 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 funny, you know, because uh, the first Warped Tour I went to was in 1997, uh, so 20 years ago. Yeah, I'm 36, and um, the first band I ever saw was Sick of It All. I walked in the park, and the first I see the side of stage. I was like 16. I ran to the stage, and I was Sick of It All playing. That's and it's pretty sick. crazy that 20 years later they're still here on the tour. Yeah, and they're still one of my favorite bands. Yeah. Um, but you know what's kind of funny about that is like the first band I ever saw at Warped Tour was a hardcore band, but hardcore wasn't really that big a part of Warped Tour until actually quite recently. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, in some ways, with the cool underground hardcore scene, Warped Tour's not cool. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Was there any, um, like, maybe we shouldn't do this tour, maybe this isn't like what we want to do? how we want to spend our summer like maybe we want maybe there's other tours that could be better for us was that ever a thought or conversation like that for you guys we never had that because like ever since like the beginning of the band like hardcore or not like whatever people decide to call us we we just wanted to make sure that like we're not afraid to play any kind of show we just want to play cool shows with our friend with our friends uh so like we've done like the hardcore thing the metalcore thing we've done pop punk tours we've done we played a rap show a month ago in New York City. Like, <laughs> nice. we'll play anything. So, like, Warp Tour was never something that we would have ever turned down because it, it was—it's too good for our band. Everybody that does it tells us about how much fun it is and about how it's summer camp and like. So, like, is as soon as we got the offer, it was like, "Yep, there it is. Let's go." No, that's sick, and I think it's obvious that you're not burnt out on this. You're not jaded. Oh, You're yeah. not like the classic hardcore, like too cool for everything guy, um, which is refreshing yeah. for me. Because believe me, people that get up to my age, you know, we're not watching a lot of bands, dude. We're hanging yeah. out there and drinking a lot of beers. Um, and of course, we'll go see our friends and stuff. But like, in terms of, I don't know if I'm just old and tired or what it is, but, you know, that youthful exuberance. Yeah. That you have is like a really cool thing. Yeah, I don't. I hope I never get jaded. Right. I mean, I, I keep telling myself that if I ever stop getting excited about the people I get to meet on tour, then I don't need to tour anymore. Like on this tour, I found myself in so many situations where I'm just like, I can't believe I'm here. Like yeah. the other day, I was playing board games with Craig from Sick of It All. Or, <laughs> really? Yeah, or the other day, I was just like chilling in JT from Hawthorne Heights trailer today i'm here talking to you like i just get to meet so many people that i've like known about or listened to for so long that like i never want to stop getting excited because of that you know what i mean absolutely man and and that's that's an awesome thing and and for me you know like i said 20 years of warp tour i've gone every year or played every year and i still love it yeah you know but there are times like when we get the offer it's our seventh warp tour we get the offer, we're like, oh, man, can we do this again? Can we yeah. do 42 shows or whatever in this kind of heat all summer long? Like, there is a little bit of a, 
here we go again. Yeah. You know, the heat um, is definitely hard. I definitely wasn't a, didn't know what I was getting into, especially like when we played Vegas and stuff. Like it was very, very hot. Have you guys done much like outdoor festival this stuff? This is the before? first one. Yeah, this yeah. is our first one. How's that? How's that different for you guys? Because, you know, I imagine all your shows are pretty much started out probably in super small, like, I mean, probably like shitty bars, VFW halls, yeah. house shows, exactly, wherever you could play. Now all of a sudden it's like you're on this elevated stage. It's not dark. Yeah, the sun's shining on you. It's like a completely different environment. Does that take some getting used to for you guys? Are well, you still getting used to it? I'm still not used to playing with a barricade. Right. Because, like, we we just started doing, like, the bigger support tours w- within last year. So we would show up to a venue, and you wouldn't know if there'd be a barricade or not. And obviously, being on Warp, there's a barricade every day. So, like, yeah. that's still um, kind of hard to get used to. I just got to make sure that I'm being entertaining enough without the crowd interaction. Right. You know what I mean? And, uh... I'm a lazy guy. I rely on the crowd interaction. If I see kids singing, I'm like, yeah, you can do it for me, and I'll just give it to them. So um, I think that's been the hardest part. And then just, like, the sunburn. I think my nose has been sunburnt since the tour started. It's getting a little freckly. I yeah. can see it. Yeah, man. it's It really is different with the barricade when you come from that world. I mean, you know, there's the Joel from Being as an Ocean Method, which is just go in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. And you be one with the crowd. Is that something you ever do? I get on the barricade a lot. But uh, um, I don't think I'm actually allowed to go over. Because we're on the full sail stage. Really? Yeah, and uh, they're all, I don't know. I feel like they kind of panic when we play. Because we're like the only heavy band over there. And we typically get like a pretty good amount of kids over there to watch us. So I feel like all the staff is kind of freaking out. Like they're afraid everything's about to break. So I don't think they want me going over into the crowd. But you say you don't think. Like did anyone ever say to you you can't? Go in the crowd? Nobody like, has yet. But every time I go down onto the barricade, I got like 10 people holding me to make sure I'm not about to fall over or get pulled into the crowd. Break some rules. Come on, Brian. Get crazy, man. No. Um, so I love your band. Uh, love the energy you guys have. Love the whole thing. And, and my favorite thing about you guys, if I'm just being honest... Is and I think it goes a little bit with what we talked about with the youthful exuberance. Is there some rawness to your band? Yeah, it's like it seems like it's just five kids that are trying to make heavy music and get out some aggression and frustration, but you don't really care about, like you said, what people are going to label you. Yeah, you're just trying to make make heavy songs and good songs and and have a super high energy show but the rawness you guys have I don't think that that is something that you can talk about yeah I think that's just something that exists do you know what I'm talking yeah. about when I say that I definitely understand what you're saying and I'm glad that you feel that way um I think that when we started the band uh and recorded like our first release we like didn't have a drummer and we only had uh one guitar player so we recorded at our guitar player's house and he just programmed the drums so I think that we were so eager to get the music out there that we just focused on the live show yeah like once we finally had a band we were like the music's already out there now we gotta make sure that we bring it when we play you know what I mean so it's always kind of been like a live show first kind of thing 
which I'm glad that we all just like kind of it was like an unspoken agreement between all of us. Even when we recorded our album, uh, we we ended up recording it live. Really, with Will Putney? Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. So like, it was definitely weird for us because like our drummer used to play to a metronome uh, when we would play live and everything. And when we went to record with Will, he was like, "Let's ditch it. Like, let's just do it live. No really? metronome. That's yet. wow. That's unheard of. Yeah. So. Maybe that's what I'm hearing then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because I, I, for me, like, records these days are so, like, for lack of a better word, like, square. You know, everything yeah. is is put to, you know, metronome, like you said, click track. Things are quantized. Everything sounds yeah. perfect. And there's there that rawness that I guess you guys have. I guess that's what it comes from. Yeah. We didn't do scratch tracks. We had, we had our guitar players and bass in the room playing in the headphones that our drummer was listening to while he was recording the drums so he was just recording to whatever they were playing at the same time like it was i i really really liked the way that we did it i mean it came out a lot faster because he didn't have that click to slow him down but i kind of like that i, I like that our yeah. music is faster if we're gonna be as heavy as we are i would prefer not to be like super slow and dragged sure. out drug out especially when you start playing uh, live because live the tendency is to play faster anyways yeah. Yeah. so you don't want to have it be like oh like they play their songs too fast like live and it's not as heavy or something yeah. like so it's it's probably better to, to set like we always say when we're making records we're always like alright there's a tempo here's what we think it should be then we'll bump it up by like three yeah you know and then but of, of course you'll like, play not live. using a click track these days is like very very rare especially yeah. with a big producer like Will yeah, I was I was nervous about it at first, but I think yeah. that it turned out great and he hasn't used a click track since. Like even when we played live now, like no click and it just seems more organic. Like I mean, we mess up every now and then, but it's real. Like it, Right. We just want I don't know, as long as we look cool messing up <laughs> to the kids <laughs> that paid to watch us. <laughs> just mess up the same part every time and it's yeah. just that's just the way the song goes, man. Yeah. Um so let's talk about your uh, early life. I mean, you're only 23. It wasn't that long ago. You can probably remember it pretty well. Um, Oldham County, Kentucky. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, Louisville has a rich, hardcore scene history. I've never heard of Oldham County. I thought you guys said Orange County on stage. I was like, oh, I thought they were from Kentucky. Why are they from California? No. So um, uh, I'm probably not alone there, people hearing that. But yeah. um, what was it like growing up there? As far as the music scene? No, like, no, no. What was it like growing up for you? Oh, I mean, it's very chill. Like, people, I've, I've had a ton of kids ask me if it's scary because of the way the music that we play. They're like, oh, it must be scary because their music is scary and they rep it so hard but like it's not at all it's just like woods it's a right. bunch of woods and neighborhoods and public schools and it was fine I mean I had like my close group of friends and it I wouldn't say that like it was hard or that it was easy you know what I mean it was just un, I had a fairly normal, normal childhood to you, yeah. yeah so you had did you have a, a standard like sorry standard I shouldn't say that did you have Sort of a classic family structure, nuclear family. Do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have two younger brothers. Um, one's name is Dallas. He's 16 now. One is Trey. He's 14. Uh, my mom and dad still together. Um, both of my little brothers are into the same kind of music. Right. Uh, they're basically just like me, just <laughs> clones of me. 
my younger brother Dallas has actually sang in bands before. Really? Yeah. And he's only 16? Yeah, he he started a band called Street Rat when he was, like, 14. And we started putting him on all kinds of shows and, like, started getting him, like, helping him print merch and stuff. And, like, <laughs> hit, hit, the bass player for his band is somebody I actually graduated high school with. So it's, like, somebody my age. But the but Dallas was just super young. So, obviously, like, um, getting into music, the music side of things, was there music, like, played in your household? Did, did your family, did your... Your parents like sing or, yeah, or, or um, play music in the house or play guitar or anything? My grandpa on my mom's side, my pop, he played bass my whole life, basically his whole life, and the saxophone. Okay. Uh, and it, But bass was like his main thing. It's what he actually like excelled in. He got, he was in a bunch of bands. He got to tour. He got to tour Europe. Um, he got to do a lot through music and I always looked up to him because of it. Uh, my grandma on my dad's side was actually a country singer. Uh, she used to play shows I used to go to when I was younger. Um, my uncle on my dad's side was a drummer. My cousin so, on my wow. mom's side, the guitar. Like, wow. I've got it all throughout my family. It's all Everybody in my family has always just been so passionate about music that it was about, that it was like just a, I wanted to play guitar at first. And I tried, yeah. and I just wasn't that good at it, and I gave up real easy. And then I just started yelling, kind of as a joke. Really? Yeah, like I was just kind of making fun of a band. Not making fun of them as in I didn't like them. I was just, like, mocking them. Yeah. And I was like, hey, that's kind of tight. And I just ran with it. And you just could kind of scream right away when you tried? It came no, out of your body? I, and- I definitely couldn't, but <laughs> I, was, I could more than any of my friends that were trying. So, like, one of my friends was in a band, and... We were all goofing off, and I was, like, yelling or whatever, and he was like, that's tight. Like, you should be be in my band. And I was just like, okay, yeah, for sure. And, like, then I just, like, I don't know, the excitement of being in a new band, in your first band, I just fell in love with it. And back then I tried to do, like, all the, like, fancy, like, lows and highs and, like, all the crazy stuff. And then uh, one day I just was like, yeah, I can't really do that at all, so I'm just going to start yelling at the top of my lungs. And, like, that's just what I do now. Right, and um, do you ever sing? You clean singing? Have you tried that? Is that something I you, can't you, you at, can't all. at all? <laughs> yeah, I, I have like a terrible voice. It's funny how some guys like, like uh, you never know in hardcore, right? Like, guys are just screamers and they never sing. Doesn't mean they can't. Like, you ever heard Brennan from Counterparts sing? Barely. He's pretty good. Yeah, man. he tries to like sneak it in, but he's so good. He's really good. Like they saw they played um a set one time in Toronto where they did an entire cover set of The Used and he That's sang sick. all the songs and he ripped and yeah. I was like where the hell's that come yeah, from yeah. you know so I, I always wonder about that but um, um if you're in tech you've been there before feeling the pain of hiring a freelancer or new employee for designer development only to find out months later that it's not a fit and those types of mistakes aren't cheap instead Mutual Mobile, a digital technology consultancy, uses the process it's developed over the past 10 years, delivering over 600 client projects to ensure your fast and beautiful mobile or web app is finished on time and within budget. 
Mutual Mobile has built apps for numerous companies that have been acquired, such as Eero, acquired by Amazon, FlexDrive, acquired by Lyft, and MapMyFitness, acquired by Under Armour. You get a dedicated team to help you with your tech project from start to finish, from ideation to product shipment to maintenance and everywhere in between. Mutual Mobile designs and builds beautiful mobile and web apps that increase the value of your business. If you have design or development needs, schedule a free 30-minute consultation at mutualmobile.link slash LSS to get started. That's M-U-T-U-A-L-M-O-B-I-L-E dot L-I-N-K slash L-S-S to get started with your free consultation today. I just got sent awesome new wireless earbuds from Raycon. I opened the box, opened up my phone, and literally in less than a minute, I was jamming out to my favorite tunes. What struck me right away was how well these fit and then how amazing they sound. Definitely more bass than my other wireless headphones. But the biggest game changer is the price. The E25 earbuds they sent me start at half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, have six hours of playtime, and really are super comfortable, whether it's music, conference calls, or binging this podcast. And there's no dangling wires or stems to distract other people if you're on a video call. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson, and Melissa Etheridge are just a few people obsessed with with Raycons. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not the other distractions from the room. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash LSS. That's B U Y R A Y C O N dot com slash LSS for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buy Raycon.com slash LSS. How did you? I, I've never asked anybody this, but I'm wondering how did you like practice as a screamer? Was it just, were you just doing it when you were in a band practice environment or? Is our tent going to blow away? Is that, does that cinder block got it? I think it's got it. All I right. hope it's got it. If the tent blows away, we could be... I you don't want to hold that the whole time? Not the whole time, but when the wind starts picking up, I'll grab a hold of it. The other thing we used to do is, like, a, um, zip tie a dolly, you know? Oh, yeah. Or a, or a road case, whatever, to it, but... But Damn, yeah, as you're hopefully saying, the tent doesn't blow away. We'll have the half half the interview will be us chasing down a tent yeah. flight. Hopefully not smashing into a bus. Anyways, Manny, sorry, sorry. Um, um, yeah. How did you practice your screaming? Because that's something like it's really funny to think of somebody like in their bedroom. Yeah. Like singing in their bedroom, sure, but like screaming, like yeah. practicing your death metal growl or whatever yeah. in the uh, in your bedroom. Did you have a way you practiced? Or when, or? I, when I like started, I was like super young and lived with my parents. Like yeah, I just screamed in my bedroom. Like I just like played my radio as loud as I could go, and I would just sing, scream along with songs. And then like when I remember like when my old band would play shows, like on the this is actually really funny, but on the way to the show, I would sing, 
I would like scream Emir in my car to warm up. <laughs> I would just put on Emir's first record and just scream it while somebody was driving me, just like in the passenger seat. So like I'm sure anybody driving by us thought that I was insane. That's but, so funny. But Go now ahead, yeah. like I don't practice at all. Like I probably should. Like in between tours, I should probably do something to like keep my voice like regular. Because I mean, when we started this tour. We took, like, a little bit of time off before this tour, so it had been a while since I had done vocals. So, like, right after the first day, my voice was just shot. Yeah. It was completely gone. Totally. I mean, that, that's that's always what happens with, with um, tours. Like, the first week is def- like the first week is the hardest. Yeah. First few days are hard, and then something happens. It's like a muscle, I guess, right? And then yeah, you're yeah. fine. Um, but, yeah, that's... there's It's the same with me, too. Like, when, I, when we don't tour for a while, like, I'll, like start warming up before the show a little bit I don't yeah, really yeah. scream when I warm up I just kind of sing and then the, usually the first song is first line is screaming and I'm like I haven't screamed in like two months yeah, here yeah. it is ah! and it's usually like atrocious I sound like a pterodactyl or something yeah I don't really warm up I'll usually just like I'll sneak off to the green room and I'll scream once and it'll kind of let me know how the show's about to go <laughs> yeah. like the little test yeah, the test run we played a show the other day in, in Durham North Carolina it was like an off day show and we had a uh, a bunch of bands that are on the tour played and there was like this like pop punk band in the green room and i just walked in and was like hey guys this is about to be really awkward and then i just screamed at the top of my lungs and they all just looked <laughs> at me like i was crazy and i was like all right i'm warmed up and i went outside and played <laughs> so funny so like um obviously we're talking about you screaming in your bedroom i mean nobody just hears you know your relatives playing country music and yeah. playing whatever, um, and then all of a sudden it's like I'm going to be a screamer. So, where did you start getting into like hardcore and and heavy music and stuff that allowed you to want to do that? It was like seventh grade. Uh, I think actually my aunt helped like bridge the gap. Uh, she started showing me like your like Corn and Metallica and Slipknot and oh, like yeah. your like entry level metal bands. And um, from then on out, it was just like my own hunger that really like fueled the fire like back then i had like headbangers ball yeah and i would watch it every single saturday and with a notebook and i would write down the bands that i liked and we had like dial up internet so it took like a week to download a song <laughs> but I, I would go to itunes and download like one song and i i just started doing it that way and then i started actually buying cds because i was just sick of waiting for my computer and i remember like the first cd i ever bought with my own money was uh, Misfits Greatest Hits CD <laughs> and I bought it solely because I thought the artwork was cool and it said it had a poster inside so I was like yeah <laughs> I want a poster for my room so I'm going to buy this CD and then that's uh, amazing Under Oath and Under Oath record as well was there, was there any really, like obviously being from Louisville there must be a, like a big Christian community is that was that a part of your life at all religion um, you say under oath you know I know a lot of kids got in under oath because they were Christian I know my my grandmother's very religious and uh, she she used to take me and my brothers to church and religion isn't something that I'm like against at all like I, I do believe in God uh, I've actually never talked about religion in an interview but um, I believe in God I just don't know if I would say I like follow any specific religion um I did for a while but then I felt like it was just because that's how I was raised like I was raised to believe that that's what I was supposed to do so I kind of just like stepped back and like took a break from it and kind of rediscovered it for myself if that makes sense like 
I think so, yeah. I found I found God on my own terms to the point where it was just like undeniable for me personally and I kind of left it at that. Like I I never like really followed like any specific religion. I just know that I believe in God and I don't think anything will change that. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's I think it's a journey in life a lot of people take. Um, you know, I don't think you have to be a certain age and be like, this is what I think, this is what I believe, this is what I'm always going to believe. I think it's okay to, you know, uh, as you have more experience with things, as you go to more and more places, yeah. see the world, I think a lot of times people's feelings change about it. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I definitely, I definitely have had some like personal struggles about it and I've like talked about it in our music but I think when it comes to the actual like argument of like if God exists or not I definitely believe in him you know what I mean yeah man well um uh so back to hardcore uh where okay I gotta ask you okay so I went over and I saw you guys playing and you were wearing an integrity shirt and I was like oh man like that's crazy. Yeah. Then I saw you in catering, and you're wearing a "By the Grace of God" shirt, and I'm yeah. like, "So you're like, what are you mail ordering Victory Records merch? Is that what's happening?" Yeah, I just I'm on all the groups. I'm on eBay. Like I'm just constantly looking for older shirts. I don't know. I like to do my research when it comes to hardcore. Well, I, I respect that. Yeah, so I, I I definitely like try to collect t-shirts. It's cool, and I was surprised, you know, for somebody that's 23, and I feel like your generation. You know the history of of music and how we got here is sort of a dying art. Yeah. Like you know, you talk about the Misfits. Uh, that was what happened to me. Like back, you know, I, I guess it was similar to you. I didn't have there was no internet really to yeah. get music when I was a kid. So I would hear about something in a magazine, and they'd hear some of the bands I like, like Bad Religion or Rancid or whatever, talk about like the Misfits or talk about minor threat or whatever and then I'd go and I'd buy those records because I wanted to know where the music came from so I thought that that was a cool thing I'm like oh my god by the grace of god like I have not thought about that band in a minute I had to do that because they're from my hometown are they really? yeah they're from Louisville, Kentucky yeah so I didn't know that they were yeah so Oldham County is just like 20 minutes outside of Louisville yeah so like my address is Louisville, Kentucky you know what I mean yeah Um, and I actually recently became friends with the drummer of by the grace of god because he's in a new band called miracle drug and it's okay. like a super group it's the drummer for by the grace of god the guitar player for mouthpiece the bass player for super touch and the singer from cr which is like the staten island band and they're all just like really really nice guys that all live in louisville now and have like real jobs and real families and wanted to start a hardcore band just to play some shows locally and they're like the nicest people in I met Tommy, who played drums for By the Grace of God, and on the back of the shirt that I have, it's like a picture of like a fake contract, and it's basically like them signing their life away to Victory Records type thing, <laughs> and it's got a hand signing a name, and it's actually Tommy's hand. Oh so yeah. So he was like, "That's my hand, like that's Tommy Edge on the bottom of that like signature," and I was like, "That's crazy." Like, I think it's important to do research. Like, I think that it's the coolest thing ever. Like finding somebody that has just put so much time into hardcore and just like getting to pick their brain we toured with stick to your guns and their guitar player chris uh played yeah. in walls of jericho i know we toured with walls of jericho 
back in 2004. Yeah, so like I would Windsor, just... Ontario, represent. He's, yeah. He's my boy. I would just punish Chris yeah. about old stories, like about them touring with Earth Crisis and like all the crazy things they got to do and all the like... All the things that they had to overcome with having like a, a female singing for the band in yeah. that time period when it like wasn't common whatsoever. I, I no, they it. were like pretty much the only one, but a lot of, you know... Hardcore's macho, you know? A lot of it is. Yeah. Especially at that time. You know, there was... Sure, there was, like... I had John Joseph from from Cro-Mags on an episode, and, you know, we talked a little bit about this, how it was macho, nihilistic, like, people didn't give a shit. A lot of people didn't like the fact that they had a female singer yeah. doing that, you know? It was a, and, and so that that's... I, sh- I would love to have Chris on, or... Uh, Talk to him about that Maybe for a bonus episode Or something But Yeah um, But how did you get Like you you know We're talking about Watching Headbangers Ball And now we're talking about By the Grace of God And Walls of Jericho where, where, Did you start going to shows? I um, started going to shows It Probably right after I started listening To heavy music I just started My mom took me To a show Because she wouldn't Let me go by myself So So Oldham County Doesn't have a music scene It, it was just Louisville Right I understand it's like But suburb, Oldham County yeah. Had a venue when I was in middle school Called Twice Told And they would have punk shows every weekend Oh yeah So me being like New to this music I would see these punks that would like Ride my bus with like these giant mohawks And they always had their skateboards to school And I was like I gotta go And my mom just wouldn't let me Like she was like no Like they look weird And like <laughs> and I was kidding My mom's not judgmental at all But like me being young Like she was nervous about me jumping, Diving into that world um, so finally she took me to my first show And it like wasn't a punk show It was Suicide Silence How old were you? I was probably 14 Okay 13, 14 And my mom like snuck her way Have you ever played Headliners Music Hall yeah, in Louisville, yeah. Kentucky? Yeah, so you know how the green room is just that balcony upstairs? Yep, exactly My mom snuck her way onto the balcony Because I mean she had no place in the crowd and she yeah. ended up hanging out with a tour package the whole time. Like, yep, that's my son down there. Like, so they all like <laughs> knew who I was, and it was sick. And then she she took me once, and she was like, "Yeah, you can start going by yourself. Like, this isn't crazy, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure like her hanging out with the guys on tour and realizing they're just like nice, normal yeah. guys. Yeah, they're not like you know, because if you're not surrounded by that, you know, you 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 read Motley Crue's The Dirt and you think that's like what's going on. Yeah, you know. Um, so that probably was a big thing. She's like, exactly. oh, yeah, it's cool. And then I just started going to all of them. And I started... So, like, Louisville Hardcore is, like, its own thing when it comes to, like, Louisville shows. You've got, like, the bigger, like, headliner shows, and then you've got Louisville Hardcore. You know what I mean? So I kind of found that when I was, like, leaving high school and started going to, like, strictly hardcore shows instead of, like, metal shows... And I was just instantly hooked And that's when it started being about like All about hardcore and like the history of hardcore And like because when In Louisville like all the people Older than us or that was there before us Like when we started coming around It wasn't like oh You're a new kid like You don't know what you're talking about Like they were never like that They were like oh like if you had fun at this show Like here's a flyer for this one and if you need a ride, I'll come pick you up and take you. Cool. Or it was like, oh, I like that shirt. You should check out these five bands that sound like that band. And I'm very grateful for, like, I'm still friends with those guys. Like, they still go to hardcore shows. 
and they're responsible for like why I love hardcore and why I'm obsessed with the history because they were always yeah. like, oh, you like this new band? Here's who influenced them. Are you bummed out you never got to go to Crazy Fest? Yes. <laughs> yeah, but at the same I never time, went either. But at the same time, the last year Crazy Fest happened, Disembodied dropped Day of, so I feel like I would have been more upset if I went and didn't get to see Disembodied. Right. Right. No, that's funny. No, my my uh, friend Andy Tinsley. Do you know Andy Tinsley? Uh, I don't think so. He um, he's from Louisville, and he I think he used to put on Crazy Fest or was one of the organizers, and he um, he's now the front house tour manager of uh, Deftones. Oh, sick! So, and he used to work with um, uh, From Honor to Ashes back in the day. That's yeah. how I know him, and oh, a bunch of bands. I know Chuck, uh, the merch guy for Warped, um, said that he worked on Crazy Fest. I'm sure Chuck. I mean, yeah. you should talk to Hardcore about. Uh, with, yeah. you should talk about Hardcore with Chuck. We have that a little bit, but we too. haven't gotten to really dive into it. Yeah, man. Um, so we got to talk about Knocked Loose. Um, obviously, you guys have a lot of hype right now. I don't know how aware you are of it, being, you know, on the inside looking out. Yeah. Sometimes you don't hear what people are saying, but you know, you guys probably see you're pulling big crowds. Over there, a lot of people are talking about it. Um, did you ever think this was going to happen, and, and how how are you interpreting all this, like the success? I definitely didn't think that it was going to happen, uh, but I feel like it did happen really fast. So it's kind of like I don't know. I need. I, I just had to take a step back and be like, everything that I've always wanted is slowly but surely starting to happen, and it's just like it's such a great feeling that I it, it's just one of those feelings where I feel like I can't say thank you enough like right thank you to the people that come to see us to Kevin Lyman to the people involved in our like that help putting out our record like just everybody that has ever had a hand in getting us where we are like it's just like I never would have pictured it right and it's insane like the the we we only have one record out yeah, yeah, and it just did so much better than any of us would have pictured. That we're all like terrified to write another record. That was literally my next question. Yeah, um, it's a well documented thing we talk about on this show is that no band in the history of music, especially punk rock, has ever put out a bad second record and lived to tell the tale. Yeah. <laughs> Think, can you think of one? Can no. you think about a bad se- like every band that put out a bad second record, pretty much ended up yeah. like fading away. There's yeah. so many cases of it. So yeah, it's been. I mean, the record came out what over a year ago now. Uh, this time last year. So okay, so a year ago. Yeah. Um, it's got to be getting to be time to start thinking about writing. Yeah. What's the plan there? What are you guys gonna do? I mean, we're gonna do the same thing we always do, and just like get in a room and write you know what I mean like we've definitely talked about like directions that we wanted to go with it and things that we wanted to maybe like touch up on it's been we're all very like we listen to our band you know what I mean like when we got the record done we've listened to our record so many times (laughs) that it's just embedded in our brain so you're fans of your own band that's good and we but we but at the same time we know what we want to do differently next time you know what I mean and what is that I don't know, like, for one, I want it to be heavier, which I know sounds crazy because everybody looks at us like we're so heavy, but I think that we can be heavier w- without sacrificing our sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And then a lot of people, I don't know, a lot of people compare us to like those like old like metalcore bands like Disembodied and like Martyr AD and like stuff like that just because we have those like panic chords. Uh, and I like that. I like that comparison. That's the kind of stuff that like I listened to when I when I was that age. But um, I would like to dive a little bit more into that, like the weirder aspect of it. Bands like Botch cave in like really i feel like that's because a lot of bands are doing more technical stuff a lot of the bands are doing are doing more of the martyr ad thing like it's like coming back around like full circle and i think that it's sick i I can listen to it all day but like i haven't really heard anybody tap into like the weirder side of things but who knows like we're very big about like just not forcing anything like we yeah. we just get into a room and whatever happens happens no, no definitely man um i am excited i'm just nervous yeah no it's gonna be yeah it's it really is gonna be make or break yeah like you know and I, I mean i don't mean to scare you yeah yeah but that that pressure you're gonna feel it, it's it's real pressure yeah you know because if the record comes out and it's going to be one of these classic hardcore records or classic heavy records yeah um you guys are going to be doing this for a very long time and if it's if it flops everyone says um laugh tracks was way better everyone's saying oh what happened then you know it's going to be like okay you're going to have to kind of be building this thing slowly but are you scared of getting too big um i don't know i haven't really like I've always set small goals for myself instead of big goals. So it was like my goal was to start a band, then my goal was to tour, and my goal was to get signed. You know what I mean? I never I never started a band and was like, I'm going to tour the world. You know what I mean? It was like after I'd already toured the States, it was like, okay, now my goal is Europe. Okay, now my goal is this. You know what I mean? So like right now, my goal is Japan. Like I want to go to Japan really, really bad. <laughs> yeah. um, and then like if we get bigger, like... I'm going to welcome it with open arms. Like, it'd be sick. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's the goal. That's why we tour as much as we do to to play in front of new faces. And, like, yeah. hopefully when, when it comes to when it comes time to, like, headline our own tour, all those people come out and watch us. So, like, we'll see how it goes. We Are haven't you going to do a headline tour? Yeah, we haven't done a headliner off of Laugh Tracks yet, uh, but we're we're talking about one. Um, I think I heard about one, but I won't spill the beans. Yeah, please don't, because it's very early in the workshop uh, stage. Right? No, um, we can talk about I, it off record. Sure, of course we will. But uh, no, I'm 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 stoked for that, and I'm stoked for you guys becoming that band. So you guys have never done any headline tours ever. We have like back when we were just touring off our demo. Uh, we would we toured like ten months out of the year. Like it was just like as soon as we got our own band, we just hit the road. And we would have flyers on the walls at venues for our next tour while we were on a tour. Like, hey, if you like us, we'll be back in 10 days on a different tour. Like, And right. we would just find bands on the road and be like, do you want to go out? Like, we'll we'll book it. Like, we'll, we'll get it going. And we did that for, like, a year and a half before we finally met Pure Noise. And then... Uh, How did you book those shows? We had a friend named Travis Porter who, like, he, he still books tours. He booked for us... He was friends with a band that we toured not with. Travis our first from Toronto. Tour. Not Travis Porter from Toronto. Not Travis Porter from Toronto. But he booked our first tour ever because he was friends with the band we were on tour with. And then he was like, you guys are sick. Like, do you need help? And we were like, yes, just put us on the road as much as you can. And he did, and he helped us a tremendous amount. Cool. Um, 
he's still booking tours and still working really hard. He and um, so that's always just kind of been our thing is to just be on the road as much as possible. Are you? Uh, is there a concern about headlining finally? Like you got to play a longer set. You know what I mean? You have to do this sort of like being putting on a show because you know, like when people come to see your band now. Sure, they're coming to see you, but they're also probably going to stick around for. I know you guys supported like every time I die or yeah. stick to your guns or like those bands that are veterans are going to put on a great show. They're going to give the kids their money's worth. Yeah, but now when that's you, there's a pressure there to have to be the ones that give the kids their money's yeah. worth. Is there is there any concern there for you? There's definitely Especially a being pressure. A front man? There's definitely a pressure being like, I don't know, helping having a hand in the bands that play before us and being like really I have to play after them right like these are my friends and they're or or like this band is so good and we're supposed to follow them every night kind of thing you know what I mean yep Um, I think that there's a lot of pressure there and it's just like like you said like just a whole year of support tours with every time I die and like I've been seeing every time I die since I was allowed to go to shows so I knew that th- those people were there for them. Like, granted, we would have great sets, but I was like, yeah, this is still an Every Time I Die show. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm anxious to see how it goes. But at the same time, like, I think it's going to be fun. I think we'll probably do, like, smaller rooms and just make it as crazy as we can. Awesome, man. I, I think that's a good idea. You know, don't bite off more than you can chew. Yeah. Um, so when can people expect to hear some new Knock Loose music? Do you have any idea? Um... We're shooting for first half of next year. Okay. That's the that's like the goal right now. Like we started writing in our little gap in between our last tour and this tour. Um, and we're gonna continue to write when we get home. So sure. we'll see how it goes. Like I said, we're not gonna force anything, but if everything falls into place we're gonna get it out as soon as we can. Sounds awesome, man. Um Trying to think what else. What else should we say? Oh, I know what I can ask you. Um, so you mentioned you want to go to Japan really bad. What yeah. other places have you got to go to so far? And like being kids from what is it again? Oldham, Oldham County. County. Yeah. Was it a was there any culture shock kind of seeing that, or had you traveled uh, yourself before the band uh, uh, got going? So I had never left Kentucky before I started touring. Like, I have relatives who live in Indiana, but, like, that doesn't really count because it's, like, two <laughs> hours away. Yeah. But, like, the first time I ever saw the beach, like, I was was I was I in a van. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, so we got to do Europe last winter uh, with Counterparts and Expire, and it was 100% a culture shock. I went to Europe actually right before the tour to visit my girlfriend because she went to school there for like six months she did a semester abroad wow so I actually had like money saved up and like I was like I'm gonna go visit you before we tour there so like I kind of already like no I get the okay. I get the culture shock over with <laughs> but I mean it was awesome you can like, tell your other guys in your band like okay you gotta go here yeah, you don't like, go here here's how the metro works <laughs> like, right, you know right, what I mean right. um, cause there is like no public transportation in Kentucky so like in Louisville <laughs> at least so I'm like teaching them how to use like the subway system in in Germany or something, and, but I I fell in love. Like I really really like Europe. I feel like people when they tour Europe they either love it or hate it, but I loved it. Like I immediately fell in love with like the culture and the history and like the, just 
I would wake up really, really early every day. I'd make some coffee on the bus, and then I would just go walking around whatever city we were in, and like, and I, and then in January we got to go to Australia. Yeah. And I love Australia. It's like the prettiest place. It was their summer, so we just went swimming and cliff jumping every day. We got to go with Sick to Your Guns, so like they had obviously been there and yeah. knew where to go. Um, we had mods as our TM. I don't know if you know mods. Yeah. Okay, cool. Everybody does. He He's the best, and he took us to all the sickest spots. And I, I fell in love. Like, I would move to Australia. It was so sick. I know. I love Australia, too. Whenever people ask, and I, I'm sure you get the question, it's kind of like a, a cliche interview question. It's like, oh, where's your favorite place to tour? My answer is almost always Australia. Yeah. But we haven't done Japan yet. So right now it's Australia. Uh, but I just, I've, I've always wanted to go to Japan. I'm, I'm looking forward to the day that that comes around. Were you surprised when you went to these places and you were so far away from home that, that people knew your songs and knew your words? Oh, wasn't yeah. That, isn't that 100%. a weird feeling? Yeah, it was the craziest thing. Especially being in countries that don't, that like English isn't their first yeah. language. It was the craziest thing. Like, I... I remember, like, our first show of our European tour was in the Czech Republic. It was in Prague. Yeah. And we played our set, and I just, like, went back to the bus and called my mom and was, like, it went so well. Like, I was, like, I can't believe it. Like, I truly can't believe it. I thought it was just going to be, like, our first time touring the U.S. kind of thing. You know what I mean? But, no, like, people are coming up to me in, like, very, very broken English trying to tell me, like, how much they enjoy our music. And I was just, like, there's no way. Like... I would just sit there and listen to him talk forever. And then, of course, you get, like, the the funny, like, German backhanded compliments. Of, like, <laughs> the review, we call it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that everybody warned us about. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it was great. Dude, what did, you, what did they say to you? It was your first time there. What did they say? Well, we didn't get it that bad. Uh, the funniest thing that they said to us was, he was like, I find your band two weeks past. Uh, please don't break up. And I was like, okay. okay, man, we won't. But I remember, like, Expire, we played uh, Austria, and apparently Expire just never did well in Austria. And it was their last European tour because they just recently broke up. And I, the promoter went up to their drummer and was like, where did you break up when you finally sell ticket to Austria? And he was like, yeah, I guess so. Like, I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, um, yeah. No, I, I we always hear the... Um, pretty good show last time much better yeah <laughs> it's like all right well, well we're going for our second time in the fall yeah so we'll see if we get any of that yep no you'll definitely you'll definitely get that one uh well dude thank you man um thanks for doing this thanks for talking to me today um any warp tour stops you're looking forward to specifically or just all of them um boston i've heard boston is always huge yeah it's a good one they they do it the, the setup's pretty cool yeah. I think they might put your stage in this like foresty kind of area yeah. it's real nice there and and then Texas Boston hardcore man I love Texas so I'm looking forward yeah. to that too it's gonna be hot but it's gonna be good definitely man well dude hey thanks man yeah thank you very much this was great yeah appreciate it thanks dude yeah thank you there it is with Brian what a sweet dude just such a nice guy and it's really cool, you know, to see a guy that's younger than me, of a different generation, still caring about the history of hardcore music. And like I said before, I think it's a bit of a lost art these days. I think gone are the days when, you know, you had to go into your local record store and like kind of, hey, I've heard of this band. I've heard of Crass. I've heard of Sex Pistols. I've heard of Minor Threat. I don't know. I'm just going to throw down 
my 20 bucks and like hope the record's good and and believe me i bought a lot of punk hardcore records when i was a kid that really weren't that great but i you know i still have them and um some of them went back and checked out and they did grow on me over time but these days man you guys your younger generation if you're listening to this and you don't remember those days it's really easy for you to go back and check out some great hardcore and punk rock bands that shaped what you listen to today. So be sure to do that. That's my little my little old man knowledge for you there right there. Anyways, hey, that was this week's episode. Be sure to tune in next Monday for another great episode. I'm very excited about the one next week. Make sure you're subscribed. And of course, check out the All Access Club. The link again is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. I will leave you with a tune. This is, oh yeah, this is going to get you in the zone. Make sure you turn it up super, super loud. Kind of like pump up yourself because this is quite a tune. Here it is, Knocked Loose with Dead Ringer on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love, and we will see you next week.